Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Let's continue with our study on blood of the lamb I'm trying to see if I can finish up remember it's a question we are trying to answer why do people bleed the blood of the lamb and the Lord has been speaking to us on this vital subject uh, we are dealing with now verse 11 Revelation 12 verse number 11 And the scripture says, And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the dead. Praise the Lord. The blood of the Lamb. We tried to explain that last week extensively, I'm sure. Um, they overcome by the blood of the Lamb. But instead of overcoming, we're talking about overcoming the beast. You have to understand the sequence. Uh, overcoming the beast, overcoming whatever beastly system that you look at, the religious system, could be a political system. But the key point is the way we overcome. And uh, if we do know that the religious system Actually, if you take time to study scriptures, give power to the political system. Because you see, if you try to read the Bible, the Bible talks about a dragon that was speaking like a lamb. Right? If you're speaking like a lamb, the lamb speaks of the Lord, speaks of Christ. So if the dragon is speaking like a lamb, that means that beast. It's a religious system. It's the same thing that you refer to as being false prophets. That comes in sheep clothing. It's speaking like a lamb, meaning it has the the language, the actual appearance of Christ, but actually it's a beast with a deceptive religious system. But the point is, with the blood they overcome. So like I said, initially it could be political system, could be Roman system. Which of the systems you want to think about the overcome with the blood of the Lamb? I will be able to define precisely what the blood is. For scripture made us to understand the life of the flesh is in the blood. Leviticus 17.11. Remember that? So when we're talking about the blood of the Lamb, we're not dealing with the liquid that drips from people's body. That's not what we're dealing with. And so I still got to be pursuing something tonight. You don't only have to overcome the religious system, the political system. You also need to overcome the very life that Adam have brought each and every one of us into. Humanity was living a particular life before Jesus came. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 22 
the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15:22, and uh, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. As in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So essentially we'll find that the only remedy for death is life. Okay? The cure of death is life. And again you find out, ironically it takes death to destroy death. Because it took the death of Jesus to destroy the death of Adam. But something happened when he died, his life was released. Did you get that? He died for his life to be released. So that's what we're going to be dealing with tonight, essentially. What came out of his death? When they struck him, the Bible tells us blood out of his body. He gave out his blood to save him. But remember the scripture we read last week in Romans chapter, I think, uh, 10 verse number 5 or 510, telling us, remember that? Good. Very important. So we find that this life is in the blood. So blood that must provide salvation or protection for all men that have died in Adam must be sinless and incorruptible. I've been trying to explain this over and over again. That the blood that was in Jesus was an incorruptible blood. That was the life of God. That was the blood of God himself that he has to use a vessel to contain that blood. Is that okay? Right. I will try to explain the value of the blood of any man. It's equivalent to the water of that man. You remember that? Very good. So the life of the blood of Jesus is the water of the blood. In this context, God himself. Praise the Lord. We find that no man in Adam's race, the born of a human being, could have been able to redeem the man in Adam. Reason because all men that are born in Adam had corruptible blood. Therefore, they cannot pay for man to get redemption. And so there was only one which our neighbor who was able to provide this blood, and that is the Son of God, begotten by God and given by God Himself. Amen. Praise the Lord. The blood was sinless. The blood was supernatural. The blood himself was given as released by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to make you see that. That at the end of the day you find that the blood of Jesus is actually the Holy Spirit. They are no different. Because the life of God, you have to understand that God pours out the life. We see, every lamb will give out a lamb to the high priest that will present it before God. And then the people sins are clean, are forgiven. Is that okay? Good. So Jesus poured out his blood. It's like he gave it to God as a sacrifice, which is what was actually supposed to be needed for the redemption of those that need to be redeemed. Now, God poured out that same blood back to humanity as infusing his life into them, but now through what is called the Holy Spirit. 
So get the process. The life of God was in the man. And that was his blood. The blood was poured out as a lamb. Presented to God. God has to pour that life into men. As what? Holy Spirit. So when you are saying the blood of Jesus, you are actually talking about the Holy Spirit. Because that is the life that he lived with. I'm going to explain that a little bit. Praise the Lord. Now, in the first place, how did Jesus overcome the world? Remember, what we just read, I said, overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Is that okay? So how did Jesus overcome the world? Because scripture tells us Jesus overcame the world. In Luke chapter, first of all, we're going to look at that. The key point is this. Jesus overcame the world by uniting his spirit with his soul. As the first Adam was unable to do that. The first Adam fall. Remember, I explained to you last week that what you see is when man seen the breaths left man. Because the first thing we find that man became a living soul. Remember that? Zoe Suke became a living soul. So when man fell, the living aspect, the Zoe aspect, left man. So man was completely Suke. Remember that? Okay. But now, this man, okay, let me read a scripture to tell you something. Luke chapter 3. Verse 38. Luke 3, verse 38. And uh, the scripture simply says, Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was what? The son of God. We're talking about Adam now. Is that okay? Which was the son of God. I want you to know that. Now look at Matthew 16, 16. My Jesus sustained, the Bible says, Peter was answering, and Simon Peter, when Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. What? The Son of the living God. So, we have two men here. One was the Son. The other one is the Son. Are you, do- are you doing with me? What's the difference? One has the life, the other one doesn't have the life. Adam was because he lost the living aspect, which is Zoe life, that made him a living soul. But this one is because he had the Zoe life. So what is that supposed to mean? It simply means his soul is united with his spirit. Are you following that? So we'll find out about the power of God's spirit, the soul and the spirit of the blessed fallen God, which is Jesus Christ, were united, unlike the first Adams that were separated after the fall. It is through this unity, the bonding of the spirit together with the soul, that you overcame the world. Are we getting that? The power that made him to overcome the world was within him. It was not a faith confession. I'm sorry to say. 
that okay? We must realize something. Let me just say it in person. I told you here some time ago, God asked me a question. How does God lead? Does he lead by faith? And I said, no. God lead by knowing. And the voice sees. Because faith is substance of things hopeful. God doesn't live by hope. God knows. Am I correct? Jesus wasn't living by faith. He knew who he was. He knew what was going to happen the next moment. So overcoming the world was not a question of faith for Jesus. But it was the life of God that was within him that enabled him to overcome the world. Are you following me? Jesus doesn't have to overcome the world in terms of whatever you may call temptation or whatever. By faith. No. He has to overcome based on the life that was on the inside. Which is the life of God. Are you there with me? So in the first place, I think, let's look at something in, in John 16 verse 33. Um, John 16.33 This thing have I spoken unto you that in me you may have peace in the world you may have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world and this is very interesting what he's saying is if you overcome the world you are also supposed to be the one overcome the world and there's a reason for that Okay, let me give you a scripture on this along the line. Look at Galatians 2 verse 20. Galatians 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ. Hallelujah. Live it in me. And alive. Which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's not a matter of faith that you confess. It has to do with the person that living in you. Now, he overcame the world because there was a unique life that was in his life. Now, you become a believer. This unique life comes into your life. So it's no longer you're trying to overcome the world. You're not having the ability to overcome the world. Because he that overcame the world is on your inside. Are you getting this? Praise the Lord. So, what is that supposed to mean? 
we are getting our soul united again with his spirit. In other words, our spirit and our soul are becoming one again. So when you say, or when you read, God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. When the Holy Spirit came, that aspect that was missing came back to you. You received back the living spirit. Now you are a living soul. And that living spirit, in the true sense, is the spirit of his son. Which God has given to us, by which we cry, Abba Father. So you see, in Luke he said, he was the son of God. In Matthew 16, he is the son of God. Now by reason of his spirit, we cry what? Abba Father. So who are we? Sons of God. That is how we overcome. We don't overcome by some confessions. I'm not against confession of faith. <laughs> but there is something deeper than just confession of faith. We come to the place of knowing that this is what it is. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? <laughs> And so you want to overcome the enemy. What, what blood are you pleading now? <laughs> because the blood is a life. So, what makes you to overcome the enemy is the quality of life that you have. Not what you say. Hmm? Are you there with me? Oh... What's most important about the precious blood of Jesus is that it speaks of life and not just some physical red liquid in your body. That is not the blood. It's the life. Hallelujah. It's not the physical liquid that you're walking by. It's not that thing that was poured out maybe when he died. Something like that. No. Is the life that liquid that was poured out just typifies something? Don't forget the life of the flesh is in the blood. So the life was released when that liquid was poured out, and that life came into you and becomes your life. And Paul is saying here, the life I live in the flesh is no longer I that is living. How many of you understand Jesus saying the same thing? The things that I'm doing is not me, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Come on now, can you get that? Good. So, it doesn't need faith to heal people. It doesn't need faith to turn water into wine. It was alive in him that was doing that. Are you getting this? Now, if you can come to this understanding, I don't want to use the word consciousness. Otherwise, fine. If you can come to this consciousness, this awareness... That you have life resident within you. You can do anything. Because it's not you. It's the life. Praise the Lord. I was discussing with a friend today. And we're almost weeping. Because this guy was in the mystical world. Was a resurrection all that. Some other thing. Great message. Through my ministration, you come to know the Lord. 
But in course of discussing today, we find that it's like God. Why did you allow us to see these things? Because that which is called Christianity today is far below what is expected of the body of Christians. I don't know if you are getting this. This is a man that can go into what you call astral travels. This is a man that can do all of those things. But I share the precious blood of Jesus with him. He became a Christian. But now, like he was telling me, you go to church, the only thing they tell you, people pursuing you, they can't even tell you the life that you can live. I mean, it's horrible. If you know who you carry on your inside, it's not longer you. It's him. And you can do anything because not you doing it, it's him in you that is doing it. Hallelujah. We were literally almost crying. When look at the level of that which is called Christianity. As compared to when he was a mystical man. If they tell you you can do astral travel, you say, well, that is witchcraft. Then you're telling me the power of witchcraft is stronger than that of God. That's what you're invariably telling me. If a man that is just an awkward man can move into space, can do anything, can go wherever he needs to go, just because of understanding, just because of knowledge, you come to church and they tell you that it's a demon. And then you have nothing to show for whatever you are believing. You are just there, being messed around by all kinds of spirit, by all powers. Because we've lost the understanding that there's God on our inside by the Holy Spirit. No, how many of you understand that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Jesus? Remember that? I mean, overshadowed Mary? And then scripture said, that holy thing that shall be in thee. Remember that? And the angel told Joseph, you better take your wife because that which is in her is of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? The Holy Ghost is the father of that seed. Is the source of that seed. Now you have the Holy Ghost today. What is that supposed to mean? It's your father. It's your source of life. It's your energy. It's everything that you are supposed to have to live the life that you're supposed to live. Hallelujah. So we find that Jesus lived and walked out that glorious life in human form and then poured it out as an offering to God which in turn was released into humanity as the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 2. I wish it's possible for me to awaken the church to a place of understanding in God. I wish it's possible for us to get out of all of those things that we're claiming to be Christianity. All because of maybe some material benefit that we can have. For if only in this life you have hope, 
we are four members was miserable. If it is just the cars, the plane, the works. We've turned the whole of the life of God into a club. Hallelujah. Act to 31. If you are there with me. Let's look at the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 31 to 33. Okay. He seen this before speak of the resurrection of Christ. Go back a little bit. One more verse. Let's see. Thank you for the God. Verse 20. Therefore being a prophet and knowing. Talking about David now. Therefore being a prophet and knowing. That God has sworn unto him. And owed to him. That of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seen this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh deceived corruption. Did Jesus, as God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of what? The Holy Ghost. He has shared for this, which you now see and what and hear. What did he share for? The Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Are you there with me? And the Holy Ghost is the life of God. So when Jesus, as it were, hit the heavens, there was a release of the Holy Spirit. The life that was missing in man. God gave back to us when Jesus rose from the grave. You have the life of God. That makes you a son of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This Christ's life, with which he lived on the earth, is the spirit of his son, which the Father has given to us. Can we look at Romans chapter 8, verse 15? Let's look at a few scriptures. Romans 8, 15 and 16. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father. The spirit itself bear a witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. The spirit is a bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And when Jesus was on earth, he lived as a son of God. Not just like any other human being, because the spirit was in him. That same spirit that made him to live the life that he lived, the Bible says he has given to us. We about will cry what? Abba Father. So, when he said, be of good cheer, it's another way of saying, I am going to release, when I get to the Father, remember what he told them, tarry until you receive the promise of the Father. You have to do your little spirit. So it's like saying, hey, you got to be happy. Because when I go to the cross, the life I'm living now, that's the life you're also going to live. Amen? Because I'm an overcomer, you are definitely going to be what? Overcomers. Same spirit that made me to overcome. It is the same spirit that's going to make you to do what? To overcome. Hallelujah. You following me? 
Praise the Lord. The Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Not tomorrow. Not when you get to heaven. Jesus was the Son of God while he was on earth. He, he didn't become the Son of God when he got to heaven. Hallelujah. So we find out the Holy Spirit of God poured out into our life, releases into us the divine life of God, which is incorruptible and very perfect. And this is the life that Jesus lived with while he was on earth as a physical being. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus that we're thinking about or considering means a lot. God gave this blood for the redemption of mankind that we might become sons again. Because when the Bible says Adam was the son of God, that means all of us were sons of God. But when the life came back, we are no longer was or where we are. Praise the Lord. I have always emphasized this and I keep saying it until maybe every one of you will come to the place of the realization of that which I'm saying. There is never a father living in the same house with his children that will not talk to them. Never. No matter how bad they were going to be, the father always talked to the children. When will you grow up that God begins to talk to you? If you have the spirit of his son, you have rights to hear the father and for the father to talk to you. That is the only communication. That is the channel the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. The whole human race that was condemned and dead in Adam, God through the Spirit is raising back again into the glorious image and likeness of God. Because the original intent was, let's make mine an image and after likeness, let it have dominion. Praise the Lord. Jesus lived and overcome all realms of life, which is life, the divine life that was within him. Even so, as he has poured it out from the hands of the Father, into our life, we are expected to overcome all negative situations and the power of the enemy, even death, with the life that's within us. Amen? So we are not just talking about using the blood to overcome the devil on the road, overcome all witchcraft, overcome... No, 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 no. That's too low. That is too low. The way you bring in the life of God into. Hmm? <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
So we'll find that the Son of God are not able to overcome the enemies. In all of his workings, it is by the power of the life of the Lord that's within us. Which is the blood of the Lamb. And that is our testimony, because that was his testimony. What was his testimony? Be of good cheer, I will overcome the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. His testimony are our testimony, because his life is now our life. What was his testimony? That's the point. Hallelujah. Oh, overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Then the next thing you find in that passage with the Revelation 12 verse 11 is the Lord know their life unto the dead. And this is very important. I would like us to look at it tonight. Our time is almost gone again. If we can't finish tonight, we must surely finish next week. But we are not in a hurry. Amen? Because this is a crucial subject. I'm sure you know. It's an interesting and a very crucial subject. Look at the next thing. It says, And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the dead. Their lives. That's the aspect I'm picking. I'll still talk a little bit on the word of their testimony. They love not their lives unto the dead. Let's look at a few scriptures here. Matthew 16, 24. Help me, Lord. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. Most times we look at a cross in various ways by which people teach it. Maybe it's something we put on the neck, or put on the altar, crucifix, whatever it is, somehow to do with the pains. But if you take time to study what a cross is, it's simply the signature of God, the identity of God, the mark of God. That's the cross. Anyway, follow this. Let him deny himself. That's the point I want you to look at. If any man who follow me, let him deny himself. So it's like saying, forget yourself. <laughs> Are you there with me? Reject yourself. Okay. Look at Matthew 16. Let's look at verse 25. Again. Verse 25, 16. Matthew 16, 25. For whosoever will save his life, shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall do what? Shall find it. The word life is the same thing as soul. Hallelujah. Now, this is, this is, this is not the attitude of a child in a way. No child wants to lose his property. Children like to grab. Am I correct? But you see, 
Jesus said those who can access the kingdom have to be like children. In a different sense now. We know that children, they are possessive. Children can't lose their toys. Put them in a car, you're driving, and the toy falls out of the window, you've got to stop the car to go pick that toy. Am I correct? If, if, if by accident, carelessly, the toy falls on the road, they don't care whether there's a traffic light or not. Daddy, stop the car. What's the problem? My toy. They can face any danger to get what belongs to them. How many of you understand that, like Paul would say, I can't speak to you as mature people. I speak to you as children. The attitude we have today is out of possessiveness. And so we can assess the life of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The attitude of a child, as always, is give me. Give me. There is never a child who wants to give anything to you. They always love what you have. You have a key holder, they want to hold it. You have a pen, they want to have it. They can even tell you your pen is better than their own. And that is what the church is today. We are just looking for things from God. God bless me. God give me. God do this. God do this. And then you compare yourself with other people. Hallelujah. This is the attitude. The average church today, anywhere you go. That was where I was coming from. Men in the world don't even think about that. Jesus said, if only you can seek the kingdom and its righteousness, all these things shall be added. You don't need to beg God for those things to be added unto you. Praise the Lord. I want my blessing. I want my miracle. I want my prophecies. I want my prosperity. These are the things that we think about. These are the things that we preach in church. Not the life of God. Jesus never asked his father for anything. But he had all things. Hallelujah. So, it's like Jesus is saying, if you can follow the path that I followed, I didn't continue my life precious to me. Right? If you want to follow me, forget yourself. That's what he's talking about. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whichever save his life shall lose it. The world again therefore is sukkah. Whichever shall save his life. What is sukkah? Or suke, I told you before, it means the soul. Man bred, God bred into man, man became a living soul. Is that okay? Right. Now, you don't have, you don't have the zoe life as a natural man. You are just suke. Now, he's saying, if you are going to protect your suke, you can't get the zoe life. Are you following me now? So what do we do in church? We are just protecting the suke. <laughs> are you there with me? We are just protecting the natural. We are protecting our thinking. Protecting our feelings. Protecting. Oh come on. 
we, we just build a wall around ourselves. We don't want to lose anything. Praise the Lord. Whosoever we save, cling to, preserve, deliver his soul, shall lose it. Mm. So what does it mean? If you lose your soul, you get it. If you have your soul, you lose it. What about you lose his soul? What is, what's talking about is, any man who is prepared to destroy his own soul, his own emotions, his in intellect, his own will, his own self-desires, his own ways, his own opinions, for the sake of Christ, shall save it, preserve it, and deliver his soul. Amen? In other words, if you want your will to work, lose it and have his will to become your will. See how Jesus prayed. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. He lost his will to have the will of the Father. And then he saved his life. <laughs> Hallelujah. You just need to exchange your will for his will. Hmm? I mentioned this two years ago, I remember. Christianity is not a transformation center. It's not a reformation center. Christianity is an exchange of life. You're changing your life for his life. God is not making you better in the who you are. It's not transforming you. It's not renovating you. He's exchanging his life for your life. You have to lose yourself to gain him. You have to lose your pride to gain his humility. Come on, is anybody following what I'm talking about? But as long as you hold on to your pride, you miss his humility. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not the proud people. You've got to lose yourself to gain him. And it is in gaining him you truly gain yourself. Because I will make you. Help me, Lord. And when God makes you, nobody can make you. Hmm? You know what he told Peter? Peter, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He picked Abraham as Abraham, follow me. I'll make you the father of many nations. If God makes you, no man cannot make you. But if you hold on to who you think you are, you will lose even what you have and that which was supposed to give to you. You will lose it. Because the life you have now is not a life that endures forever. It's not the Zoe life of God. It is the suke life of man from Adam. Praise the Lord. Oh, so we are called to lose our soul, our lives, our identity, yet to save it in his own. This is because the old human consciousness as we know it, the natural identity is not who we are. Every son of God has laid down his own feelings, 
his own wants, his own opinions, and to have that pictures of who? God. It's not about struggling with our soul. It's about killing it. He will lose his soul. So it's about destroying it. The word lose means to destroy. So it's not about trying to patch it. It's not about trying to manage it. He has to die for you to receive his own life. Hallelujah. And once you receive his life, like we are saying, you're already an overcomer. You overcome your emotions. You overcome your feelings. You overcome your temperament. Come on. You overcome. See, the war has to fail the one on your inside before the one on the outside. Your greatest enemy is not the man outside, it's the man inside. If you can conquer your emotions, conquer everything that seems to be working against the purposes of God in your life, you can conquer the enemy outside. Praise the Lord. You following me? I want you to follow this. For me, it's been an interesting study for me the more I try to look into the subject of the blood of the Lamb and how to overcome. It brings some peace to your life knowing that you have a 100% assurance of overcoming if only you can have his life. You have 100% assurance. It's not a life of struggle. It's a life of peace. Because you know, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So it's not a matter of talking. It's not a matter of just confessing it. It's a matter of knowing it. In John 13, the Bible, help me Lord. In John 13, remember the Bible made us understand. Jesus knowing that he's the son of God and that he came from God took the towel. Died his ways and begin to wash the disciples' feet. Jesus knowing that he is the Son of God and that he came from God. There has to be a knowing for you to be able to do whatever thing you are supposed to do. This life he has given to us, the life of the flesh, is in the blood. If you have the blood, you have his life. The blood is not that red liquid dripping in your vein. The blood is his life. The blood is a person. Because the blood of a man is the word of that man. And the blood now is the Holy Spirit, which is the life of God that was given to us. Whereby we cry what? Abba Father. If only you can come to that understanding. Wherever you are, your prayer is easy. Your language is easy. Your desires you speak as the son of God. You know that you are a child of God. You are not pleading to get results from God. You speak as you should speak. Praise the living God. I love you.